Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. Thank you for joining me. You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with me. You're going to have great, great conversations with an amazing, amazing human being today. And ladies listening out there, I'm sure you know him. The heartthrob, the bachelor heartthrob himself, Mr. Ben Higgins. But we're not necessarily going to talk about what Chris Harrison was talking about or all the things that went down in The Bachelor, but more so of how Ben rose from literally obscurity to extreme fame and how he has dealt with that, but not just how he has dealt with that, but what he's doing to move on past it. And it's shedding identity. Ben is known as The Bachelor, as this heartthrob, but he's so much more and he is on a mission. He's on a mission to change lives and we will get deep into that. So everybody, buckle up because here we go. Ben Higgins, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. Man, it's such a pleasure to have you on here. Known you for a long time. We've been developing a closer bond and relationship here. But man, I just, just, just you know what? Thanks for coming on with a torn ACL. Going through mm. that surgery on a basketball court, which I almost stepped on that same basketball court you were on, out in Denver, Colorado. How, how are you feeling, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. We're at the same little gathering. Um, we have known each other for a while. I was at uh, UCLA one day. I walked into the gym, and there's this good-looking dude shooting hoops. <laughs> and I asked my buddy, who is that? And he said, it's David Nurse. So, oh, man. I'd love to meet him one day. He seems cool. So we did, and that was, that's been awesome. And then uh, we were at this gathering in San Diego, and I decided to play basketball again with a bunch of, like, 40-year-old pastors. And uh, I went a little too hard and blew up my knee and just had surgery, and so now I just sit here all the time. It's For the last nine days, I've just been sitting here. Man, but you know what? When you did, I told you this. It was crazy. You blew out your knee, you tore your ACL, and you had this big smile on your face. It's like, eh, well, you know, that's what happens. That's life. I'll just come back from it. I was like, dude, what? Who does that? Life of an athlete. Life of an athlete. Life of an athlete. <laughs> but that's that's the things that happen to us. You show it through us. Because somebody else is going to go through that time, obviously, very soon, probably, that you know, and you're able to be that light for them. But, Ben... Thank you for coming on the podcast. Start us off with a bang, something that not necessarily everybody knows about you. Everybody knows that you're Mr. Bachelor, but something different. Mm, like a like a life event or just like uh, it, I'm scared of clowns. That's one thing that nobody really knows. I hate clowns. Yeah. Um, I also was struck by a minivan in college when it was going 50 miles per hour with our mutual buddy. Uh, got hit in the left leg, oh and uh, and bounced back um, pretty quickly from that. So that's a big deal. Uh, that's a little hidden secret. And the other thing uh, that I do is I, I most people don't know nowadays. I do have a full time job, and that's running a company called Generous uh, International, best known as Generous Coffee Company. So that's kind of the. The, the secrets to start this off. <laughs> we will get into the generous coffee. I don't know how much we'll yeah. talk about that car accident. 50 miles per hour. No wonder you can come from a torn ACL and be like, yeah, no biggie. 50 miles an hour? That's, that, right, that's trucking. And you're just like, not, boom, I'm like up. a cat. Yeah. You're a cat mixed you with wolf. Nine brain. lives. <laughs> you're on like five right now, so slow down. 
All right, Ben. <laughs> on the Pivot and Go podcast, we bring on just super highly successful and success in your own terms, obviously. But but not everybody has just got there, just risen to the top. Literally nobody mm-hmm. has. You go through these times where you feel stuck, these pivots that you need to make in your life. Is there a time in your life that really stuck out where you where you made this pivot and reached the trajectory line that you're on today? Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of my life, though, I think it's a great name for a podcast because a lot of the seasons of my life have been the pivot that matters. And the, uh, I always, you know, I've, I've seemed, and maybe you meet people that do this differently, um, but in my life, I've always felt like my pivot points have come from a place of pain or sorrow or confusion or isolation. They usually come from a place that does not feel great. Um, they're usually a learning point where I need to pivot and readjust and figure out what I'm learning and then, and then go after whatever it is, uh, that I'm figuring out during that time. It's not always the easiest time, but it seems like the things that I, the the ways that I go through it the most, the one that comes out to me the most, the the biggest pivot point in my life is when I was, um, in my early twenties, I just moved to Denver. I had a job that I was really bad at. I was writing user manuals for a software company. Um, and that's just not me, <laughs> no, and, uh, not and it wasn't me. And uh, and so I was doing that, and I didn't have any friends, and I wasn't dating, and, and I was really tired from this job because I was really bad at it. And so there's not like a lot of passion behind it. It was just like mostly a drain. So I just go home and sit by myself, and and that's when um, uh, in my life when a show when the show happened when I became the Bachelor, kind of that Bachelorette journey. But it wasn't the show necessarily that was the pivot point for me. Um, it was mostly just c- c- deciding in my life that I need to start taking risks again and start creating stories. Mm. Uh, the show just happened to be the story that kind of popped up, the opportunity that was there. But mostly the pivot point came when I said, hey, if I'm really going to do this thing and, and God has blessed me with life and breath, then I need to start creating good stories. I need to start being a, being able to 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 take it, to, to say yes to adventure. Um, and that's still led me to the, where I'm at today. I think that's amazing because that's that's the thing that jumping out of that comfort zone, that little proverbial bubble is so hard for people to do. And it's the first step. And every time you do it, you feel so much better and so many more doors open up. For you, it was The Bachelor. So talk mm-hmm. us through the the ups and downs of it. Not necessarily on The Bachelor, but life after. Like your identity has been tied to The Bachelor, but from knowing you... You are like not uh, who you would think a bachelor would be. You're an extremely, extremely high IQ, very well-spoken, generous, like your coffee, giving person. So talk to us about the ups and downs you experienced through the bachelor process. I also lack the six-pack that a lot of those bachelor dudes have. So, yes, I don't fit that normal <laughs> I love role. it even better. Um, be you, baby. The uh, I would say... Uh, a lot of it was weird, oddly difficult. So there was different different parts of it. Let me let me start at the beginning here. When I first got on the show, um, what happened was I became uh, semi infatuated with the idea of fame because because I think I was coming from a low point. I was looking to fill a void, and so then all of a sudden people yeah. start talking about you. You're on the cover of magazines. People start messaging you. All these you're invited to cool parties. All this stuff, and I started becoming infatuated with the idea of fame and the idea that it was ab- about me became something that I was kind of living day by day by. I had a whole team of people around me trying to keep me relevant. Um, and so I was chasing this. And the more I could see in the headlines, the more people would talk. And then there became a time um, where a mutual friend of ours, we both know Corey Barnett, and 
Um, I called him one day and I said, man, here's what's going on. This whole thing has been about me. I know it has, and at times it's been fun, and I've had moments of, of, of bliss from it, but I'm super lonely because I haven't been able to do any of this with anybody else. And also, I'm feeling a lot of pressure because I don't know how much cooler I can continue to become. Like, <laughs> I don't know how many more times I'm going to make a headline. Like, I don't even know what headline I'm, I'm making now. Like, I want to settle down. I want to find a partner. I want to I want to go back to doing something that I feel like is good for the world, and those don't create headlines. And he told me this right right away. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Um, he said, Ben, what if this whole thing's never been meant to be about you? What if it's meant to be about something greater? What if you're just uh, a part of a story far beyond yourself? And that, from that point forward, that like little saying that, what if this is never meant to be about you? What if this is meant to be about something greater? What if you're wow. supposed to point people towards something more than yourself? Like, that's been a, a tagline in my life. And, and it allowed me then to be freed up to go after um, some of the things I cared about most and to kind of put myself uh, in the back seat. Uh, and that's been something incredible for me. And so, um, yeah, so to close up that thought and to kind of answer your question, fame had a weird thing where fame taught me a lot. Um, and it was like a short period of fame. It also humbled me because I wasn't famous for anything that cool. I was famous cause I could date people at once, but I didn't have, I couldn't dance. I can't sing. I can't act. <laughs> and so it also humbled me cause I didn't know, like I didn't have a lot to lean back on. And so, um, I have an interesting relationship with fame and, uh, and nowadays I'd, I don't hate it cause it does bring good opportunities. Um, but it's not anything that I look for cause I, cause I think I can do a lot, a lot of other stuff outside of it also. I think you hit the nail on the head, what you just said, interesting relationship with fame. And you're not chasing the fame. A lot of people will, when they taste that fame, they'll want it at all costs and keep chasing it and keep chasing yeah. it. But for what you to say is using that platform as a vehicle, instead of using the fame as like, this is where I want to be. Because a lot of, like a lot of people, I want to be famous, I want to be famous. But no, it's yeah. not to be famous. It's to use it as a vehicle for a bigger purpose. And you've gone on to do mm -hmm. that. Like you have started Generous Coffee. I mean, you are going all over the world. Like you telling me stories of going down to South America and being with the, the coffee, the people that are making the coffee and just, just how the joy that it brought to your face and the impact that you're having on so many lives is, is really cool to see. So where do you want to take this now? a generous coffee or so many more things that you have going and and where do you want to use this vehicle that was the bachelor and where are you going next with it yeah well my man i i uh you're right and 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 i think you know we can take this idea not everybody's going to go on the bachelor bachelorette or not everybody's going to have that like 15 minutes of of fame um and not, so i get that for people listening and uh, we know you can translate this same idea to success or career uh, promotion or, uh, you know, dreaming of the perfect life at home, whatever it is, like whatever kind of dreams and things, that, seasons of life you're in, as, as, as soon as they start becoming solely about you, um, it's going to get a little toxic and it's going to be really hard. And so I think yeah. all these different things that we pursue, as, as soon as you can start to think maybe this, maybe I'm, I'm a part of something greater than myself, then I think you can start to have a better relationship with all those things. So I just want to say that because a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, well, I'm not going to be a bachelor, so I can't relate with that. Um, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, a few years ago, kind of after this conversation I had with our buddy, 
I started to ask myself, like, what is it that I do want to do? Like, I, I think that's a fair question for people to ask their, themselves. And what is it that like fires me up? What is it that, that brings a fire inside of me that I believe is good for the world that I believe, um, is something that, uh, kind of attaches to my skill set. So I was like, what is it that I want to be doing as a career? And then it came to, the thing that came to mind was I want to be dealing with people and I want to be dealing with some of the injustices in the world. Hmm. Um, and, and really I come from that because I believe God called me uh, and all of us to look for the outsider. And I've, I've definitely felt like the outsider in my life. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is I believe God called me to love others and love God. And so, it, you know, that's why I kind of care about people um, because I think it's a calling from God. I also think it fires me up. Uh, and the next uh, piece of that is, um, the reason that I want to be dealing with some of the injustice, injustices of the world is because I was lucky enough at a young age to go to Honduras um, in my teenage years and to um, to see extreme poverty, to see see extreme suffering, and it wrecked my heart. Like it just it doesn't. It, it, there's it's not because I'm I'm any greater than anybody else. It's just like I can't. You can't get over it, and uh, and it yeah. sits with you. And so now. I want to go after those things in, in my adulthood. I want to use those things as, as you know, to use my platform to help combat against injustice. So for Generous, Generous is a coffee company. Um, we sell coffee mostly and we donate 100% of the profits to nonprofits around the world fighting human-facing injustice. Where I want to see it go is I want to see it blow up because here's what happened, man. Uh, myself and three of my buddies, we all signed our names in the operating agreement uh, away from being able to make a profit on the value of the company or on the sale of a product. And so if this company becomes a $2 billion company, guess what happens is Generous gets sold. $2 billion gets donated um, to nonprofits around the world. Dang. And so like, as much as this brand grows, as much as this company grows, the more coffee we sell online, um, the more good we can do. And that's what I want to see. And I want to see us become kind of like, um, kind of this like, uh, like this company that goes against the grain and that fights uh, in the for-profit space to show that for-profit business can be used for good. And I want to see other people kind of attach onto it. I kind of have a dream that maybe one day even this company could like uh, be publicly traded and totally. like, the whole world could be investing into some good. Like that's, that's my dreams. I, I don't know where it goes, but yes, I hope one day it blows up so we can donate all of it back. But I think with having that vision and knowing how driven you are, like it will get there. You have the vision and now you just work, your, work the way backwards from it. I, I love how you embrace the outsider. I love how you go against the grain. So much of life is just following the lead and what other people say and what society is putting us in this yeah. in this box to be. So just to step out of that alone, man, is a breath of fresh air. And and. It, you're just someone, man, is is so comfortable in their own skin. You just seem so comfortable that you make me comfortable. Is that something that you've worked on? Like, Because I know it can't be easy when everybody looks at you yeah. and they, they peg you as this certain identity. How have you become so comfortable in your own skin? Well, I don't know if I am as much as like I've, uh, I've been embarrassed so many times. <laughs> Um, I've been wrong so many times. I learned probably about six years ago. I, I had a season of, I was assuming a lot, hmm. judging a lot, being a pretty big, uh, being pretty cynical of others. And I just kept embarrassing myself, man. It was like, I would always hurt somebody or I'd end up hurt myself or I'd, 
say something would be wrong. And so um, what I was able to do during that time, which I'm really like thankful for, is I have good friends. I have really good family around me who held me accountable to that and were like, hey, I'm noticing this in you. And as they said it, and I, as I was honest with myself, um, I, I, I do I, – one of my pet peeves is um, people kind of self-explaining themselves. So like if I were to tell you I'm the nicest guy in the world and <laughs> my biggest issue is I'm too humble. That's weird. So I'm going to try to do this without trying to like put titles on me. But one thing I, I have worked on is I, I really want to be okay being wrong, especially yeah, nice, internally. Nice. Like I want to do a self-evaluation on me often in a lot of ways that I converse, a lot of like end of day stuff. Like I just want to be able to say, hey, did you do this well today or did you not? And be able to tell myself like, no, you didn't. You lied to yourself or you lied to them. So that's one way. The other part is when you go through the public eye, um, you get so much criticism that at some point you have to get a little thicker skin and you have to realize that like when people are criticizing you for something that you intended to be good, and you and you've done the self evaluation. You've realized your intentions were in a good place. There's not a lot you can do. Like you just can't beat yourself up over it. And so, uh, for me, like I know if I were to say something today that were to hurt you, um, I also like know inside myself that I would feel terrible about it. But I also would be willing to say I'm sorry to you, and that I think I was wrong. And that gives me a little more confidence. It doesn't scare me as much that I'm trying to protect something. I'm not trying to protect myself so much. Dude, I love that. I love that. The, just being able to know that you're wrong and not just know you're wrong, admit you are wrong. That's how you continue mm. to keep learning. That's how it's it's just the authentic self, that, that skin that you wear, man. That's that's beautiful. Like that's and you've gone through some experiences that have led you to that and can't even fathom being in the public eye as much as you have been, and none of us really can. But to be able to to walk through it so smoothly and as such a leader to others to be able to see that like that's what i've been telling you i think you need to go speak all over you need to just be out seriously man like you have a gift and i don't just say this like you have a gift and you have a story when you have a story that is so impactful and you have a gift to be able to deliver it i'm gonna hold you accountable for saying it's selfish of you if you don't go do it but i know i know you are i know you are I'm gonna go do it as soon as uh, as soon as I can walk <laughs> you again. Walk. You hit me with the workout of the hobbling around the neighborhood on crutches. Yeah, oh man, man. get this dude a scooter. Okay, Ben, I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So whatever comes to your mind, it can be quick answers, whatever it is, hit me with it. Okay. Do you have a favorite mindset quote or favorite quote that you live mm-hmm. by? It's a mantra to you. Might be on your phone, tattooed on your eyelids. Anything that stands um, out. I do. And uh, and this happened when you and I were both together, and it comes from Bob Goff. And it's the second time he's, he said it in a room that I've been in. And, and I've so it's been my most recent one. It's be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, knew, I know I need to work on that. I know it's something that's important to me. I know it's something that's going to be beneficial to me is to be where my feet are. So for, since we've left – this little gathering you're at, and Bob Goff said that I've been trying to, in my head, consistently say, "Be where your feet are." Like as my mind starts to drift or my thoughts start to get tangled, it's "Be where your feet are." Be where your feet are. So mm. yes, mm, mm. so good, and that that brings me back to a thought, and you kind of touched on it earlier. I just got to say this is where the people that are the the most just you know like I want to be like that person is 
the type of people who don't have to say what they're doing. Like you said, that was your pet peeve. But it's somebody who you look up later and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And like, I'm over, yeah. I'm over here feeling like sometimes I'm like, oh, hey, I know this guy. Oh, hey, I was doing this. Hey, I was doing like, what's it now? No, no. Like nobody knew, hardly anybody knew at that event that you had been The Bachelor. And you were just no. like, just you. And I love that, man. Most like that's mm. not people don't do that. So anyways, I had to call you out on that. So very cool. All right. What does leaving a legacy mean to Ben Higgins? Not necessarily the billboards, what the world says it is, but what would leaving a legacy mean? look like to you um you know it's interesting i've i uh during my struggle with fame i asked myself this question i said what is uh who was the most famous person 150 years ago because it's not that long ago really and nobody knows you could kind of throw out some presidents and you know that's kind of fleeting and, and usually when we think about legacy we think about this like massive uh remembrance of our name but the truth is like our names will fade. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I think when I now I, I want to give more than I took and I want people to remember that about me. Like I want my kids, my family um, to remember that about me is that I gave more than I took. Uh, and I, and I'm, and I, and they were confident in my love towards them. Those are the two things really. And that's, mm -hmm. I think what could, uh, what, what I know would be a good legacy for me to leave behind is that they remember me in love and that, um, they remember because I gave more than I took. Dude, super good perspective too. 150 years ago, nobody knows. I don't even know my mm. great grandparents' names. Like we do, yeah. we're just that quick yeah. blurb on the the reels, like a movie reel where it goes through and says everybody's yeah. name. Like think about everybody who has ever lived. How fast that goes by. Yeah, good answer, man. I like it. So here's a fun one for you. If you're gonna have a dinner party where you could invite three people, dead or alive. To have interesting conversations with the people that you wanted to hang out with, who are you inviting and what are you eating or having catered in? Your, mm -hmm. your death Good row. point. Okay, well the food <laughs> we'll start with the food. Uh we're gonna drink uh we're gonna drink uh red wine with margarita pizza. because um, I love margarita pizza. It has to be good and it has to be a good bottle of wine and then uh kale uh salad. It's like a lemon kale salad with Parmesan cheese. Oh, yeah. and, very good and and then we're gonna we're gonna end the meal with the strawberry rhubarb pie because in indiana it's a big deal and that just reminds me of home um my first guest is going to be anthony bourdain anthony bourdain is somebody that um uh has inspired me has allowed me to ask deeper questions kind of sparked a curiosity inside of me to explore others and explore people but also find the common threads amongst people um, and he's really good at talking about food. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's number, that's number one to me. Um, I think, uh, the next, uh, would be, um, I, I would probably have to, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm going to have to go with one of the disciples, probably Peter. Um, uh, you know, Jesus is the easy answer there, and that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we assume he's there. Think, he's with us in spirit. We assume he's at this he, party. He's always, yeah, yeah he's around. He's around. <laughs> I really want to dive in. Um, I, I want to ask Peter questions. Like, I'm really curious about his walk in life and his ups and downs and his movement to, to be following Jesus and kind of the, the ins and outs of, like, where his concerns came in and maybe even Thomas. Um, like yeah. I think Thomas Dowdy. is interesting because they obviously had a ton of questions and a ton of concerns. 
So that would be the next. And, and the final, uh, I'm going to have to pull an athlete here. Bob Goff was up there in this whole conversation, by the way. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with my with Peyton Manning. Um, Peyton Manning is, uh, is somebody that changed the course of my state, my home state in Indiana. Mm-hmm. He also then came to Colorado. He followed me out here, and he changed this, the, play, the, the, the city of Denver. Um, he's just an interesting dude who's up to a lot. And I, I think, uh, get, just hang out with him for a night with, uh, with just the Billy talk would be really fun. That's an amazing group. That's well thought out too. I like the Bourdain one, especially when I tell people who I want to be like, it's Anthony Bourdain and Mr. Rogers. It's like two iconic people who just change the way people think. So I'll be Mr. Rogers. You be Bourdain. I'll be the the guy with the puppets who smiles a lot, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And I'll be the guy with tattoos who does karate. <laughs> there you go. Hey, kale salad, by the way, that's a sleeper. I went to a restaurant. They had yeah. an amazing kale salad. So, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you think like, oh, this can't be too hard. I'm going to go home and make this. So I'm asking them how they made kale salad, which sounds pretty yeah. easy. They're like, no, these chefs, they massage the kale for hours and hours and hours. Oh, yeah. God, who has that time? Anyways. Good choices on all. Ben, how can we follow everything that you're doing? How can we stalk you? How can we support Generous? Give us Mm -hmm. the rundown, baby. Yeah. uh, Well, thank you so much, man. You're you're doing great stuff, and I appreciate you letting me come here and um, hang out with you for a bit. Keep keep up the good work. Um, It's exciting to watch you from from afar and from a close. Um, You can follow me at Higgins.Ben on Instagram. It's usually the best way. I update the most there on Twitter at uh, Ben Higgy. Um, you can also go to generouscoffee.com and, uh, and buy some coffee. You can listen to me on two shows. One is one that I think your listeners are going to like a little more. The first one's Hope Still Wins. That's one I think your listeners might dive into. It's a great little show, yep. podcast, uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. The second one is a pop culture podcast, if you're into that thing, uh, with iHeartRadio. It's called Almost Famous. And then finally... If you listen to anything today and you're like, hey, I feel like I want to learn more about what it means to connect with others, you can buy the book, Alone in Plain Sight, which came out in February, um, which is a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, and all that stuff is on my Instagram. Ben, we're going to link to all that, and we are going to send out five books to the first five people who send in a message that they want a Ben Higgins book, and we will send it out to a man. We'd love, love to buy a bunch of coffee, too. Where's the where's the uh, coffee? Is dude. that all on the website? That's all. Yeah, generouscoffee.com, okay. man. That's uh, every, we're mostly online. It's kind of why we do it that way. And uh, it'd be great if if you guys started drinking life changing coffee. That'd mean a lot to me. Yo, I drink like five cups a day, so literally, I might become your best customer you ever had. That's that's my goal, right there. I can there. track that. Can you really? Okay, I'm gonna order a bunch oh, yeah. of it. You can't track how many cups I drink, though. How do you know how many cups I drink? What if it's a big how cup? How many what pounds if you buy a month? What if it's I, a get small a, I get a list of our top 10. <laughs> do you really? All oh, right, yeah. I got to get in this bad boy. All right, Ben, man, thank you so much for coming on. Dude, just the light that you are for so many, the friend you are to me. It's just a ton of fun, man. Want to get you back hey, out here to you, LA. thank you, buddy. It's great to, great to be hanging out. Um, thanks again. When you can, Hey, when you can hobble out here, see if you can just hobble all the way out here to LA. But... The last question I have to drop the mic on. Like, we're not even going to say goodbye after this. It's just drop the mic. We're out. If you had one piece of advice, one word, two words, a phrase to help somebody who's feeling stuck in their life Mm -hmm. right now, what would that be to help them make that pivot and go? 
my first piece of advice, my first thing I'd say would be you're not alone. Mm. Um, we've all been there. We're all going through it. Some of us might be going through it the second, the same time. The second piece is there's something inside of you that's feeling some type of emotion. Being stuck probably uh, involves some type of pain or confusion or disorientation. What is it that you're di- most disoriented? Follow that path. You're going to learn something from what you're feeling. There's something inside of you that's saying, "Hey, you're you're disgruntled. Hey, you're uncomfortable. Hey, you're you don't believe that the company you're working for is doing the right thing. Whatever it is that you're feeling, follow that that light, follow that, that kind of carrot and figure out what it is your, your, your soul's telling you. Uh, and I think as you do that, it's going to hurt. It's going to get ugly. It's going to feel painful. There's going to be some things that get lost, that get ripped away. But at the end, um, there's always a lesson learned. And, uh, so it's, you're not alone, uh, almost lean into it a little bit and then just know, um, that there's always something to be learned on the other side. Mm, you're not alone. Mic drop. We're out. You the man, Ben. End of the road, just pivot and go. Just pivot and go.